Oh, it's great to hear your voices this morning, and it's great to, um, to sing that together with one voice and to remind ourselves that's why we're here is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross and, and how he, he rose from the dead, and that's what unites us all together. We'd, we'd not be here if it wasn't for what he had done for us, so that's a good thing. Um, if you're new this morning, I want to welcome you. I'm Dan. I'm the lead pastor. I'm going to spend a couple minutes talking about vision, but before I do, um, I'm going to invite the welcome team out, and they're going to pass out some contact cards, okay? And you're going to, there are some pencils and contact cards, so they'll be coming around to your section. They're going to pass them out. Um, you can fill it out. It's in English or Spanish. You'll see. Um, if you're watching at home, there's a link on mylcc.info. If you go there, mylcc.info, there's a link uh, that says connect with us. It's right under the embedded live stream there. You can click on that and fill it out. Uh, so, so it takes, takes some time to fill out. We do that because we keep our records updated that way, and it also it's, it helps us to, to connect you around here with things that you're interested in. So you'll be asked that on the survey as well. So please fill that out. It really helps us. Um, we're going to collect those in like three minutes, all right? So I'm going to try and keep this to three minutes. While we're filling that out, um, if you remember, if you were here last summer, we had a vision morning where we talked about the road ahead and coming out of, of this time and what it looks like and what we're learning. Uh, and we set some, some kind of principles that, that God had, was leading us towards. And I just want to share, I'm going to be doing this over the next couple months, just sharing some of these each week because I want to keep it in front of us to, to remind you why kind of we're doing what some of the things we're doing around here. So the first one, uh, and keep filling that out, by the way. Um, so the first, one of the first points we shared that morning was that our aim as a church is, is simple. Um, loving God, loving others. That means loving each other and loving our neighbors, making disciples uh, who love God and who love others. That's, Jesus meant the church to be simple. In Matthew 28, he gave the Great Commission to go share that, to make disciples, to go to all nations and do it. And, and that's what he commanded us to do. The more we add on to it, the more uh, we get away from it. So we're very careful about here, about the programs that we had and the other things that we have that, that uh, do that. And it's not, why, why do we have to keep casting vision? Because as people, we tend to just drift towards our own priorities, our own agendas. So we come back to that often and as a staff and talk about that. So that's one point. A second point that we shared that day was that the large group meeting, that means our Sunday time together and our, our small group meeting are both important to, to LCC and to our, our, how we function. And it will be in the future as well. If, you, if you're new around here, um, in Acts 2 and in the New Testament, we see small church families gathering in homes and then coming together as a large body. Right? We believe that God intended us to be a part of a church, small church family, and then to come together and to be engaged in both. Um, so that's the second thing. The third thing, the final one, our times and energies, this is kind of some of the conclusions that came out of this time, our times and energies before the pandemic had been, had been leaning heavily towards the large, which is the Sunday morning thing. Um, and we wanted to rebalance between the, the wings, and so we said we put some measures in place to keep that a priority. Um, in the pandemic, the large wing is affected. It's still affected to this day, right? We see it. We know it. Um, but most everyone who's been in a small church family, most everyone has stayed connected and continued to meet. Uh, and we believe that God transforms us as we live in that small family, as we practice 
the one another's of Scripture, serve one another, love one another, care for one another, and so on. Um, Sunday morning is, is very important, but the small is important. And it's, the, the large is not a substitute for the small. So throughout that time, since that time, we've done some, some things on Sunday morning to kind of highlight the small. You probably remember when we met in small groups and talked about that a couple times. We're going to do another one in March. We're just keeping it in front of you so you know. So when you come in in March, you're like, why are we doing this? It's because this is, came out of our time, our leadership's time with the Lord and just where we want to focus ahead. All right, is everybody getting close to filling those out? So if you've filled that out, I want you to pass it in your row towards the center. Just pass it to the end of your row towards the center, okay? And then the welcome team is going to come back around and collect those. So hopefully I gave you enough time to fill those out. All right, that is all. I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you, and we're going to jump right back in with, uh, I think Brett's coming up, right? Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. There was definitely, in case you missed it, there's an emphasis on the small, small group wing uh, with what Dan just talked about. And we actually want to take uh, today to highlight uh, some stories that you guys have from your small groups, uh, your cell groups. And if you've been coming here for the past month, then you know that we have been going through a, a series called With You, talking all about being lovingly relational. And if you haven't been here the past month, now you know. We've talked about what the Bible says about loving others. We've talked about what it looks like to give love to those closest to us, to those around us. We've talked about what it looks like to receive love because, yes, receiving love can be tricky. Sometimes it feels awkward, but the Bible says that we are to receive love. And today we want to just demonstrate that, yeah, uh, kind of answer the question, can we actually do this? You know, we talked about it for a month. The answer is yes, and actually that some people have already done it. So we wanted to highlight a few uh, groups, as you can see, surrounded by some pretty great people. Uh, before we go into any other questions, could you guys introduce yourselves first? I turned it on. See the green light. Great. I, t I didn't say anything. I it's, I totally get. It I'm Bruce Truxel. Bruce Truxel. Mine works. And I'm Brian Matheny. Try it again, Sandy. Screw it off and turn it back on. You know, turn that usually works. That usually <laughs> works. Try one more time. All right, I'm Sandy Miller. Boom. Why does that always work? Anyways, all right, so we got Sandy, Bruce, and Brian, and you guys all, well, at least you used to, share a common bond. You guys used to all be in the same cell group until recently. Um, I'm just realizing my notes are out of order. There we go. So how long was your cell group formed before you guys expanded? And a spoiler alert. Their group split up, not like because they didn't like each other. <laughs> Sometimes that's what people go to is they like, oh, their group split up. Maybe they had relational conflicts. No, no, no. It was a very positive thing. It was, okay, well, instead of me talking about it, why don't I let you guys talk about it? How long was your cell group formed before you expanded? We were trying to figure that out. We think maybe Matheny's and Selvi's started it in 2015. I think, yeah, I think it was around 2015. And then Mike and I joined um, in 2016. And then it's been, we've had a lot of people through the years kind of coming and going, but it's been really the six of us that have been there pretty much the whole, the whole time. Cool. And so how, let's do my math. Uh, it was what, six, six years? You guys have been a part of that, mm -hmm. that group? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you get to know people pretty well over the course of 
Yeah, we Six had or so years. people came in and out. It's like I, you know, we talk about groups sometimes as having a lifespan, and I think if it had been the same people <laughs> the whole time, I mean, I don't think it would have continued, would have gone that long. It would have been, it was just more of, you know, people moved away, people came in, different things. So I think that's why it ended up going as long as it did. Okay. We are going to, we'll touch on the expansion part later, yeah. but. You know, this morning we're talking about lovingly relational stories. Do you guys have any stories? I'm sure you have a ton from the past two years of the pandemic because if you didn't know, meeting in a small group has been tricky. It's been hard the past two years. Do you guys have any stories from before that or during that time, any lovingly relational stories where you received love or gay love, maybe to each other, maybe to other people in the group? Would you willing to share? <laughs> Who wants to go first? I will pick if nobody can decide. Well, I can go first. Sweet. Um, I think, obviously, during the pandemic, just meeting together was more difficult. And I think, and we had some people who'd gone through some different uh, health challenges at the same time. So I think we were really, like most of you, we were trying to figure out how can we continue to get, stay connected with each other throughout the whole thing. So we did a lot of uh, meeting, you know, when the weather cooperated, meeting on patios, you know, trying to be outside, trying to just constantly working with everyone's schedule to try and see how we could do that. Um, we had some couples recently um, move, and I think, so it was great seeing all of us kind of say, okay, how can we help? I mean, they'd been in a house for like 30 years, and we were, they were trying to pack stuff up, trying to move things over, get settled in a new house, and it was just a lot of work, but it was just great seeing our group rally, even a rally around them and come together and be able to say, hey, how can we get you set up and stuff like that? So I think, uh, yeah, I've seen quite a few things where our group just come together. Another really great thing, um, the women in our group have d developed this great bond, not only in person, but like som sometimes even daily, like someone will text something. Oh, I was praying for you this morning. Or I read this passage this morning. Oh, or I heard this worship song. Here's a link to it. And so like we've had this, uh, this amazing connection with um, just the women. And sometimes like my, my uh, cell phone is blowing up and I got to silence it because I'm, I'm supposed to be at work, you know? <laughs> so that's been awesome to be able to really feel emotionally supported and loved and just connected with the women in our group um, all through the, not even just during the pandemic, but before. And, and even now that we've kind of multiplied, we still have that text chain um, of the women in our group. Bruce, you got any, got any stories? Lots of stories. I was going to say, I know you're chock full of stories. Do you have any stories about this? I, I, clear, just, clear, uh, clear, uh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know, just week to week. I mean, we got to be a pretty big group, but I think we were lovingly relational every time we got together because uh, we made room for everybody to talk pretty much, and it's hard when you have that many people. And that's one of the reasons that we intentionally divided and into other groups is to... Uh, make them smaller, but I just think, I, I think with that many people all trying to share themselves with each other, uh, we did a pretty good job of including everybody. Yeah, go for it. But multiplying was maybe one of the most lovingly relational thing we could have done, you could say? You just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys wanted to share the love, maybe, maybe that's what it looked like, I don't know. I know I'm biased, but sometimes I look at my group and I'm like, we got to expand, guys. We're all the greatest people. Well, they are, not me. We've got to share that love with everybody. Okay, sorry. Rant over. Um, so, yeah, Bruce, you just touched on this, this concept that we talk about 
with small groups of, hey, you know, eventually there comes a time where you've been with the same people for a while. Maybe it's time to branch off to multiply, expand. There's all these buzzwords. And that is so hard. It can be so hard. So how, how did you guys do it? Because you're, you're leading the cell group now, right? Yeah, well, we're starting this week. It, it was really interesting to see it came out of because, so I'll just tell you, like, Monica and I kind of had a heart to maybe start a cell group right prior to the pandemic. And then everything hit, and you know, it's like, it's not a time to start inviting new people into your house and doing this. Everybody was trying to figure that. So we just kind of huddled with our existing group for the last few years, and God continued to stir that, though. So as things started to open back up, we were like, okay, God, I think we still need to start a group. And we just started talking about it. It came up with our group, and, you know, Monica and I thought, well, maybe we'll just kind of see what they think about us stepping out. And then all of a sudden, Bruce is like, yeah, I thought about, I was thinking about doing that too. And it, it just kind of had a, we just had a conversation. I mean, I just remember sitting out on a patio talking about it, and it wasn't something like we said, hey, you go here, you go here, you go here, as much as we were just kind of like, okay, what's God laying on your heart? What do you want to do? And it just happened very naturally. That's awesome. Do you guys have anything to say on that? I think part of the reason that we could do that is that all our model had always been in our group that we would take turns leading. There wasn't just one person that was totally responsible for cell group every week. So I think it helps people feel comfortable um, with the different roles uh, that could be involved in leading a cell group. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I would go so far as to say like that that sounds so smooth. I'm sure it was still hard. I'm sure it was still difficult. You know, you're, you're purposefully saying, hey, we've spent the last couple of years together. We're going to be seeing each other a little bit less. But, man, I mean, if that's not what God calls us to do, to, to go out and to invite and to, to meet with people, to get to know new people, then I don't know what he's asking us. Yeah, and it's, what's cool is, like, a number of the people were still in, you know, that were in the group, or still in the group with you know, Sandy and Don and this, and it was cool. Sandy was, this morning was even, we were talking a little bit about this, and she said, you're hearing more people talk, right? Again, the same thing as you get smaller. It's like, you know, Bruce, a few people from the group went over with Bruce's group, and like, so Monica and I, you know, I don't know if they just didn't like us. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but like, we're not, like, no one from that group is going to be in our group right now. It's like, because we were just like, hey, feeling that we're connecting with people that, you know, weren't connected already here, that we haven't been in group with before. And so we're really excited about that. So. Awesome. And we have made an effort to do things together occasionally, <gasps> kind of going back, kind of a super group. You're still friends? Yeah. You we are. are. We are. We can did, still see each other? We, we say hi to each other in the hallway and everything. <laughs> um, and, and we plan to do it again in the spring yeah. when the weather cooperates a little bit better. So we kind of want to keep that contact. And I think that's kind of important because, yeah, you, you don't want to leave your group and leave the people you really got to know and yeah. just walk away. Yeah, we still really love each other. That's awesome. Well, it, I mean, I keep thinking of the word intentionality. Like, you guys are having to be intentional in those relationships and, and being loving in those ways. But, uh, yeah, we, we've, we're going to have some more people coming up throughout the service just kind of sharing some, uh, some stories from what they have. Uh, but for now, before you guys head off and before you turn your mics off, we got some cell group leaders. You and Monica are mm -hmm. now in a cell group. This is this is the fruits of, of this group expanding. Bruce, you and Gene are, are starting a new cell group as well, right? Yep. 
and the Talons and the Hutchinsons are in it with us right now. And that's that's amazing. And Sandy, you're still in the Selvies group, the original original yeah, group that the started original it group. all. Yeah. Yeah. And we've also got I I'm gonna shout out to Dave Matheny and Tom Burns. I know you guys are starting a group as well. Uh, praise God uh, for what he's doing around here. That's awesome. If you're here and you're not in a group, this is now it's, this has become a sales pitch. If you're here and you're not in a group. Uh, <laughs> Talk to these people. I'm throwing them under the bus. Talk to them after the service. Find them. They would love to invite you to their group. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. It's always a sales pitch here for cell groups, isn't it? Really? I mean. But it's, but it's a good, I feel comfortable with it because it's a good product. Well, it, <laughs> well, it is. It is. <laughs> it, hey, it, it's. But I said it's that who felt terrible saying that. Why did I, that, was, that was awful. Hey, well, I mean, that's how you make connection around here. It really is. Yeah. We believe in it enough to say that. Um, but thank you guys. You guys can head back to your seats. Man, it is a privilege to worship alongside of you guys every single week. I know I say that a lot, but it, it really is. I don't want to lose that. I want to lose sight of that. All right. Our second group. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Um, my name is Rebecca Kennedy. I'm Kyle Fox. And I'm Elizabeth Fox. Awesome. I almost just said it's so nice to meet you all, but I've known, I've known you all for several years. Um, awesome. Okay, so there's some pretty specific reasons why I asked you three up here. First of all, you guys were nominated by somebody in our body to share this story, to which I know, Rebecca, your response was, who nominated me? <laughs> which was, yeah, it's him over there. Yeah, he's actually owning up to it. He's, he's owning it. <laughs> yes, which is the response I got from everybody who was like, that's great. Who nominated me? I would like to find them. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rebecca, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your, your cell group that you guys yeah. were in a couple of years ago? Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I was doing the math um, based on my kid's age, because that's the easiest yeah. way for me to remember. I think it was 2014. Um, there was a group of people similar to like what the group before was talking about. Their group had gotten so big, they were going into different neighborhoods, and a core group of people were starting a group in Plain City, which is where we are, and we were very excited for that, because... We could literally walk to cell group, so it was awesome. Um, and that group got going right away, and we had on our hearts um, just Matthew 25, 35. Um, just, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. Um, I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. And we really just had this passion to find a way to serve together. Um, and the rest just kind of fell into our laps. Um, do you want me to keep going, or do you yeah, have a specific yeah, question? About, okay. about Hope's Lantern. Okay, so we started serving um, just randomly at different places um, that were already doing something in Plain City. And one of our group members got a call from somebody that they were related to on a different side of Plain City saying, hey, there's some hungry kids, um, and our group doesn't have the resources to take care of it. Would you be willing to find some people? And she was like, yeah, I already know people. Um, so we just kind of started what we do. Um, so for a couple years, just our cell group out of our pockets um, fed 25 kids a week. Um, we sent home bags of food. So these kids are kids that were getting like free and reduced lunch. And the school was like, we don't know for sure if they have food to eat on the weekends. So we were sending home just some basic, easy to cook things that a kid can make themselves like ramen, Easy Mac, things like that. Um, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and it got to the point where we were like, this is not something the eight of us can keep doing on our own. And we formed a nonprofit. Um, we formed a group called Hope's Lantern. 
and these guys are part of that group with me. Um, and yeah, now we currently send home, um, it fluctuates, um, but right now we're sending home 83 bags a week. Um, we send home to four, yeah, four of the five um, schools in Plain City. Um, and they're identified from the school. So the teachers have identified these kids, the social workers have identified these kids. Um, and yeah, we're just blessing them through literally feeding them. Um, they were hungry and we're giving them food. That's awesome, yeah. And uh, we, could, we could spend the rest of the time here talking about just being servants in your community and, and the ways that you guys have blessed your community. Uh, and maybe we will someday, but this morning, our focus is on being lovingly relational to those around us. And I can't help but hear your story and think, man, you guys had to have been pretty tight <laughs> as a group to start something like a nonprofit. And so do you guys have any stories of how, you know, creating and developing Hope's Lantern helped you guys bond with one another and helped you, helped you love each other? Yeah, so 2015 came along and we were... Uh, you know, looking for a cell group to join. We had we had just gotten married, and uh, so we visited out out this crew out in Plain City, and we were like, "Huh, you know, there's something there's something about this crew. Uh, you know, it's it's clear that they love each other outside of just the, you know, one night a week that they were meeting for cell group. And then the other, you know, attracting thing for us was the, you know, was was that they already had this established mission that we could just we could jump in on and and pile in on and help." You know, so, so that was uh, that was really kind of a cool a cool thing that we were able to get in on, but you know, in terms of in terms of how we've loved each other well in this, you know, um, you need all kinds of spiritual gifts in in cell group uh, to to be able to do all the things uh, that a cell group does, and to pull off something like this, you need you know gifts in administration and leadership and all that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, I've, I felt loved in, in the gift of, that my gift is administration. I've been able to contribute that. But, you know, it's really all hands on deck. And so loving all the diverse gifts that, that we have in our group um, is something that's been cool. The other thing that uh, has been cool is, um, you know, loving each other's kind of diverse uh, theological positions and backgrounds. Um, Francis Chan talks about in Until Unity, a story where he had a leader that he uh, was working with, and then it came to light that you know they held a different theological position. Um, and but he said, you know, but but we love each other and we serve well together. Why would we divide over this? And you know, we've had similar things where somebody says something and you're like, huh, that's not the way I've always thought of that. Uh, but you know, it's that it's that mutual love that we have for each other in cell group and that uh, that common mission in Hope's Lantern that's really helped us kind of, uh, you know, overcome those things and, and continue to serve. Sweet. Elizabeth, do you have any stories that come to mind? Yeah, I would just say, um, in addition to what Kyle said, um, something for me that's been big is I feel like Hope's Lantern just set like a foundation um, outside of group to just continue to grow those relationships at like a deeper level, whether it's just walking around a kitchen island a dozen times every week to like pack bags you're just naturally like in each other's lives like hey mm -hmm. like you had mentioned this last week mm -hmm. how's that situation going how's life doing for you personally like in your family um so I feel like Hope Slayer just kind of naturally kind of set up those opportunities to get deeper in each other's lives I was trying to think of other examples I know like early on mm -hmm. we did Christmas presents we went shopping together like 
um, all the couples and just spending time together. Um, and that's kind of just, I feel like, come to fruition in the last few years when, um, similar to the last group, the, like the, the formal cell group has ended. Um, nothing like bad relationships, like you said, just like life happened. We went separate ways as a formal cell group, but those relationships haven't ended. And I feel like that deeper connection we got through Hope Slayer and just doing life together has like, um, yeah, just propelled us to continue the relationships. And even like we kind of even had a formal meeting when we realized, hey, life is kind of taking us in these different directions as far as cell group. Um, and none of us, we all were like, even contemplate the idea of like ending hope slandering because we all had that common core of like, this was on our hearts to serve these kids. Um, and just um, now that we are kind of in different groups and even in different bodies, like outside LCC, it's been cool to see like God's larger, like big C church body, like being mm -hmm. able to like get involved in hope slander, like bring different groups, different churches into it to like pack the bags um, has really been cool. That's awesome. That's cool. Sounds like some relationships that have stood the test of time and will, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to hear that even though your cell group, you guys moved different directions that you guys were so much bigger than just a cell group. You know, you were, you loved each other and you were, and you were friends and you took care of each other. Um, thank you guys. Um, we've got to keep moving. We're, we're, thank you for being with us this morning. We're not done yet. We've got a couple more stories to hear from. Got some special people up here. Everybody's special. Did I say that about everybody? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whoops. <laughs> everybody that came up here was special. Oh, my. Uh, can you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Sonia. And my name's Eva. Sonia and Eva. And you guys share something in common. Well, probably a lot of things in common. <laughs> but what am I thinking right now? Uh, we both serve together um, with youth, youth group. So yes. I do the high school girls, and Sonia does the middle school girls. Awesome. And I reached out to uh, the small group leaders in youth life and said, hey, do you guys have any lovingly relational stories, uh, giving, receiving love? And from the guys, I got a solid nope. Um, <laughs> so high school, high school guys, got to pick it up. Um, I'm calling you out. I feel like I can't. I'm a guy myself. Uh, and then on the other end, I got... Sonia and Eva saying, oh my goodness, we have so many stories, um, which is just makes me laugh. I'm glad you guys laughed along with me. Um, so yeah, I just want to go right into it. Do you guys have any specific stories of where you've seen some of the youth girls uh, either give love or receive love to one another? Yeah, um, we have such great kids that show up uh, to youth group weekly or every other week or whenever they're able to come. I mean, you guys just have great kids and we both feel really blessed to you know, get to know them and spend one day a week with them. Um, they're just awesome. And I think as a youth group in a whole, we have a really great um, just environment. It's so, everybody is so encouraging to one another. Um, I think about um, any time that someone's leaving, leading worship, which like shout out to Lauren Davis, because she constantly is willing to lovingly, you know, prepare most weeks, a few songs of worship. Um, it's just really cool. But even just like if someone's leading announcements for the first time or if we're playing a game and um, it's like a one-person thing and somebody volunteers to be the person to do it, everyone's cheering for them and encouraging them. And it's just a really positive space for people to feel welcome and belonging. And it's really cool to see. Um, in a more specific setting, like within my middle school group, small girls group, um, they also just exhibit love to one another so awesomely, um, if that's a word. 
<laughs> and um, a specific story that came to my mind, um, it was beginning of the year, we had just welcomed in a new group of sixth and seventh grade girls, um, which is super exciting. We were pretty big because we have a lot of sixth, seventh, and eighth grade girls. And um, it was started the new school year. And one of the girls was sharing about the difficulty of going to a new school and making friends. And Hope Matheny um, spoke up and kind of asked her more questions about what she was experiencing and really trying to draw her out and seeking to understand. Um, and it was just really cool to see that. And um, you know, offered up that she had had similar experiences and kind of what worked for her. And you could tell that that person that she was talking to um, just had hope, you know, for what uh, the school year could bring, and that somebody had been in that same situation, and she didn't have to go through it alone, that somebody, you know, she could talk to somebody about it, um, and all the girls really do that uh, week after week, but that was one that stuck in my mind. Another specific example, Sonia and I both actually thought of this one, so that's nice that, like, we can remember the same stories, that it leaves such an impact on both of us. Um, at the Christmas party this past year, there was a girl who, I don't think she had ever been to youth group before, um, and the way the girls just welcomed her in, they included her in their conversations and partnered up with her for games, it just was like such a great parallel that although their faith is so important to them, these girls, it's also not something that they just want to keep to themselves. They want to welcome others into it, and even as simple as partnering with somebody that you've never met before for a game was so awesome to see their love for Jesus pull others into. That's awesome. Do you guys have any any other specific stories? Is that it? <laughs> Those were the ones that we rehearsed. Those were, so that's that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I, I just want to ask you, what does it do for you and in your heart when you are witnessing because I've experienced this so many times where I'm witnessing these kids live out the gospel and I'm thinking, my goodness, they make it look so easy. Why can't, I want to say we, but why can't, why can't I do that so easy? So what does that do in your hearts when you're, when you're able to witness that? Yeah, I learn something from them every single week. <laughs> like I just constantly come home and tell my husband, Brian, like, oh my gosh, these girls are awesome. Like I'm learning this with them and it is so cool. But one thing that I feel like I consistently see in them is just how genuine they are with being willing to give love to one another. You know, they don't just say things because they feel like they have to or give a hug because they feel like they have to. It's because they genuinely care about the other girls in their group. And I think as adults, you know, we're so conditioned to we have to say the right things or be there in this moment because we have to be because that's the right thing to do. But um, they do it genuinely. They do it for real. And I want to be more like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I tell the girls every week that they teach me something, and I hope that you guys believe me because it's so true. And it's just a reminder for me that even though God may be using other people who are more mature and wiser in their faith than I am to pour into me, and I'm being able to pour into these girls, that it just comes full circle, and God can use everybody that's in our lives to help deepen our relationship with him and grow, like, grow closer in our personal relationship with him. Uh, last week we were talking, Genevieve actually mentioned about being more intentional with things. And that was something that I just, sometimes the girls will say things that they don't even know that I need to hear, but I definitely need to hear. And it's just so awesome to see God working through them to hopefully teach me things or remind me things that I need to know. So it's awesome to be able, like Sonia said, in this position, because you do have awesome kids and I really love all of them. 
uh, and being able to work with them and help grow their relationship with Christ while they're helping me grow mine is such a blessing. Man, that's awesome. So, you know, to answer the question, how do we do this or can we do this when looking at this whole series as a whole, I mean, the answer is yes, and it's already happening. Uh, you know, not only just in our cell groups that are meeting, you know, we've, we've just heard stories of cell groups expanding past cell groups, starting something like a nonprofit, and we also have our, our youth um, showing many examples of being lovingly relational. So the answer is, yeah, we can do this. And I hope that that's an encouragement for you, and I hope that this whole series has been uh, just an encouragement for you. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being up here. I'm going to pray, and then we can move on with the morning. Um, God, we just want to lift up this morning to you, God, as just an offering, um, as an act of praise, God, to say thank you, to say hallelujah, to worship and glorify you, God, for all of the amazing things that you've done. God, I, I pray that we don't look at this morning as all the things that we are doing, um, but God, instead that we are looking at the ways that you are working in our lives and through us. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for all the love that you give us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. That was so fun to hear all these stories and um, know there's just more stories that are happening and more stories to be told. Um, I just have quick three announcements and it's kind of cool because as I look at these announcements, they are all very lovingly, relationally oriented. So the first one is, um, if you sponsor a child in Honduras, this message is for you. And if you don't sponsor a child in Honduras, this is also for you. It is letter writing time. So um, go ahead and write a letter to a child in Honduras. If you have a specific child, um, you know, you can customize it. And if not, you can write a general letter to a child in Honduras with the partnership we have with Sours just to let them know um, that we're excited for them to be able to go to school or just, um, just check in with them. Those letters can be in English. You do not have to know Spanish, though I do know we have a great resource of a lot of Spanish speakers around here. So, um, you know, we, we can, like, kind of rally together on that. But we have them translated when we get down there. So start writing your letters. Um, and you can see more about that. Um, if you have any questions, you can touch base with me or Petra, Petra over here. And um, the second one is also Honduras related. The votes are in and the winning design, I'm told, is going to be revealed. <gasps> there it is. Coordinates for Honduras. Is that the whole shirt or is that the front or the back? Is there more? <gasps> there it is. Awesome. Am I allowed to ask who drew that? Shayla Hughes, yay, love it, awesome. So um, those shirts are um, available to be sold, and so we would love to, um, am I saying too that some of this money is gonna help support the Honduras team? Yes, so you can help support our missions teams that are going. So you can get on mylcc.info and order them, and later this week, it's all coming. Okay, great, and my final announcement is also um, ministry-oriented, so not, Okay, so, okay, right, I confused by, like, this Sunday. So, February, wait, 13th. Thank you, not today. Okay, so, um, okay, wait a minute, that's, 
two Sundays from now, oh my gosh, I don't know why they let me do announcements. Okay, so two Sundays from now, stay right after the service. We are going to have brown paper bags, grocery size bags, and we are going to have neighborhoods that you can go with your cell group or people you don't know, and we're going to drop these bags um, in Hilliard, and we're going to canvas some of our um, community. And then the following Saturday, so that would be the 19th, we're going to um, sign up and go pick those up with food in them and deliver them to the Hilliard Food Pantry. So you can just show up that Sunday to pick up bags, and then if you think, hey, I'm not available that Sunday, but I'm available that Saturday, you can go ahead and sign up and register to say, I'll be part of a group that's going to pick those filled bags up. So awesome way we can love on our community. Okay, that is all my announcements. So thank you for those of you who are online. It's so great to be with all of you today. Um, hope to see you in groups this week. <laughs>